Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Meet Grambun, Bachelor Nation alumni, musician, and radio personality. For the first time ever. Graham opens up about experiencing the deadliest mass shooting in modern history. A first-hand account of the tragic Route 91 Harvest Festival and the survivor's guilt that has followed him ever since. This is True Crime Reality with Kaylin Miller-Keys and guest host Bob Guinea. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of True Crime Reality. I'm your host, Kaylin Miller-Keys, and today I have a very exciting co-host, none other than Bob Guinea. And if you don't know Bob, Bob is such a light. He just lights up every room he's in. He puts a smile on everyone's faces. And today is a pretty heavy episode, so I feel like you need a Bob on for today's episode. So welcome. Thank you so much, Kaylin. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for your show. And when we talked about it, you know, in concept, I was so excited to hear about it and, and to be here as a guest host is really exciting for me. And, um, and I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, can you tell everyone a little bit about your podcast before we bring Graham in? Oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we host, uh, with Trista Sutter and I together host the almost famous version of OGs, the original I don't think we'd be gangsters. I don't know what the G would stand for in our uh, octogeri- octogenarians or whatever that word is. Um, but uh, we are the, uh, you know, the originals. Um, and, um, and it's been a whole lot of fun. We've actually, you know, had the opportunity to bring back some, some great uh, throwbacks from, you know, the very early years of The Bachelor. And we've really kind of focused on that with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And um, we've already, you know, gone all the way down the, the ladder with The Bachelor pad and, 
you know, everything else. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. And, um, but you know, uh, so, so, you know, definitely find it on the almost famous OGs, uh, link. And, um, you know, it's part of what, uh, what Ben and Ashley started and we've sort of been, um, the ones who jump on the, on the, on the back with them. So, but it's been a lot of fun and, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, Kaylin, when we met, we were, uh, in Lake Tahoe, uh, for an iHeartRadio event. And I think it was right before the launch of your show, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right before I, I filmed my very first episode when we met. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, yeah. And today, obviously we have, like you said, um, in your intro, a little bit more of a heavy, uh, topic. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I know, I know he's going to be joining us in just a moment, but he's, he is someone from the bachelor family and, Oddly enough, um, I have a history with him. Uh, his name is Graham Bunn. Uh, Graham uh, was originally featured on Deanna Pap Pappas' season of The Bachelorette and then uh, went on to do uh, Bachelor in Pad, Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's been around a little bit on that one. Graham and I actually met on a, on a cruise uh, when he was with his ex and I was uh, with, with what, who is now my ex. And um, we just really hit it off and became really good friends and um, actually lived together uh, for, for quite a while in Los Angeles. And, um, and he became one of my, you know, closest and dearest friends, one of my best friends. And, um, and so, uh, you know, he's, he's here today to talk about his experience um, that he had. And I'll, and I'll let you speak to a little bit of that too, Kaylin. But um, uh, he became a, a radio host, a country music host for uh i Heart radio i'm sorry i'm sorry for uh for um the largest country station uh on the west coast in california uh country 105 and then went on to host a, a, a another show called real country which was a great show with shania twain and so i mean he's done a, a ton in his career and um and he was actually at harvest the 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 route 91 uh concert event in las vegas which uh as you'll recall had um you know, it turned out to be a, a just a catastrophe, an absolute disaster. Uh, one of the largest, I believe, mass shootings, uh, if not the largest in the United States. And Graham was there. So, um, yeah, so he's here to join us today. And, and, and I'm very flattered that he wanted me to be here, too. Yeah. Should we bring him on? Graham, are you there? I am here. Can you guys hear me? We can. We can hear you, buddy. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, outside of the fact that Bob is like a brother to me and, and he didn't undersell it. Like we're, we're very close and I love Bob like family, but I hate that he doesn't remember when we met. Like I met him way before the cruise, but that's okay. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is true. Know, like, okay. Okay. But like, wait a minute. We you reconnected know, we on the cruise. Sorry. We reconnected. And I was, yeah, I was getting ready. To, I was at the tail end of a, a really tough relationship uh on the cruise and bob and i were already close friends but that's that's okay it's all right <laughs> or if that I'm is true we <laughs> no right after right after i said that i'm like that wasn't when we met but you know i was yeah. just trying to paraphrase i guess so so graham is one of my nearest and dearest and uh and i happen to know that this is not something uh that he he takes lightly talking about in fact if i'm not mistaken um graham you were offered an opportunity right after this happened to go on good morning america to discuss yeah. it and I, if I, as i recall you said no I did. Yeah. Yeah. I passed on that opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough subject matter and, and, you know, I, I didn't even sleep last night cause I I've never really, you know, I've issued some statements and, and I answer questions when I'm asked about it. 
but I've never really shared my side of it just because I, I always want to err on the side of being respectful to those who, you know, didn't make it out and the families and the friends that are, are still to this day and forever will be terror, you know, torn apart and traumatized. And, um, you know, it was not an easy thing to go through, but it seems a little selfish of me to complain about anything, knowing what other people are dealing with and seeing some of the things that went down that night, you know, it's like hard to process. And I, I think that you and I spoke that night or the morning after, I think, I, um, I don't know how trauma works in the human brain. I think everyone has, you know, everyone processes it differently. There are certain things that I remember vividly from the night. And then there are certain things that people fill in the blanks for me where I, I can't recall, um, you know, like it didn't happen, like, you know, and so I don't know if that's the body or the mind uh, emotionally protecting you from trauma. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I do believe we, you and I spoke or did, did we speak that night? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I woke up, it was like, Two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. I woke up and just glanced at my phone as I so often do, you know, when I wake up in the middle of the night for no reason. And and it was a news like an alert on there, like a you know shooting at Route ninety one, you know, the Harvest uh, in Vegas. And I I just thought of you right away because I knew you were there. And I I don't know if you remember, I was hosting it. Well, I'm sure you don't, but I was hosting an event in L.A. at the time. And you and I had talked because I was trying to hook up with you. And you're like, oh man, I'm in Vegas. And you say you should come. And I was like, oh man, that'd be amazing. You know, I'm hosting this event Friday and Saturday. I, I wouldn't even, I, you know, if I made it and, and I called my wife who hadn't seen me in about a week at that point, And she was not thrilled with me, you know, jetting off to another yeah. party night. And so yeah. I didn't go, but I, I, I was thinking about you being there and I was thinking, you know, knowing your career and where you were with things and how, that was such a big deal, you know? And so I wake up and I see that news alert and right away I'm like, oh my God. And I, I just got hit with it, you know, so I, I was living in Seattle at the time. And so I called you and I was really thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was, I was thinking that I was at least going to leave you a message. So I'm getting kind of choked up and uh, <clears throat> you answered the phone, which shocked me. And uh, I'm like, buddy, oh my God, I just want to make sure you're okay. And, and you were like, I don't know what I am. And your, your, your voice was kind of shaky but you were still you know you were still you i mean it was still you know you were you're were still yeah. you're just like you're like this was uh i can't really talk right now but i'm okay and you know thanks for thinking of me and i said i get yeah. it now you know and that was it and that was all i mean i don't think we even touched base again for several days after that but i remember the moment yeah. thinking you know oh my god this guy is going what the hell just happened because you know at that point none of the details sure. even come out so i mean it was yeah. pretty crazy and i and i was talking to kaylin about it too right before we brought you on and I remember the moment like thinking, how does someone, I, I mean, how do you recover from something like this? Like, you know, I mean, this is a real life deal. Like you said, trauma, PTSD, all that stuff, right? I'm sure all of it is real for you. Yeah. Uh, well, first I, I apologize, Kaylin. I, I don't think you and I've ever met. Uh, I'm Graham. It's so nice to meet you. Uh, thank you for having me today. And I've, I've heard wonderful things from mutual friends about you. So uh, I just wanted to introduce myself and, and, and say hello. I, I didn't mean to be rude there. No, no. Thank you for coming on. I, I wanted you and Bob to kind of lead this. I know this is, uh, I've heard you haven't talked about this and it's uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't. Um, and again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but, but Bob is family to me. And, and you know, I didn't, I didn't talk to many people after, 
after everything happened and uh, I have never really spoken my side or my experience out of respect for those that are still dealing with it. And, you know, there, there was a really hard thing to process for me personally after what went down and, and where I happened to be standing. I was standing stage right when, when all of that happened. And I have a picture somewhere. Um, it was like two or three minutes right before the shooting started with me and, and a, a fan of the radio station with the Mandalay Bay and the stage in the background, like two minutes before it all went down. And so the, the traumatic thing for me was afterwards people volunteering that they were there. Like it was like something to be proud of. And um, again, everyone processed things differently and all these stories started coming out. And I, I happened to unfortunately be in close proximity with someone that was using other people's pain and hardship and, and, you know, this thing will be talked about forever. It is to this date and hopefully it will always be, cause I never want anything worse than this to happen. The most, I think it's the most uh, lethal mass shooting on American soil in U S history. And so uh, hopefully that, that never gets beaten. You know, you never want that to happen. But for me, I kind of went in a, into a shell because I was so mortified by some of the people coming forward, trying to use the platitude of, Hey, I was there. Let me talk about it. Let me bolster my own personal agenda by sharing something that unfortunately to this day probably triggers some and, and brings back horrific memories. And uh, one of the reasons that I agreed to do this was, you know, there's, there's this documentary out there now, um, and, I, you know, I think enough time has passed where, you know, sharing or answering questions is is OK and, and probably healthy for me. I've never I've never done anything like this before. I, I, I gave a statement when I was on the radio when I came back to work and then I just never addressed it again. And then I, I did get asked about it on a, a podcast that I hosted for Spotify and, and gave my 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 two cents. But I've never answered any questions or shared what I remember and yesterday for the first time. And, and one of the reasons that I asked Bob to be here was because Bob knows me as a person and um, I'm mortified at the thought that anyone would ever think that I would use this experience to, you know, push forward any kind of personal agenda. So I, you know, I'm here to answer questions and share what I went through, but for anyone that's listening to this, that, that is triggered or lost someone there, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I'll never understand what you're what you're processing and what you're feeling, uh, but I do want you to know that I would never uh, make light of it. I think that definitely comes across. Thank you so much, and uh, I I can't imagine what anyone on that day has gone through, and and to take five years to really like figure out if you want to talk about this is is amazing too. So thank you so much, and yeah, you're very welcome. I guess start with um do you want to just like take us through the day like maybe leading up to it um like uh, why were you yeah, there sure uh well as you know thankfully bob did it so eloquently as he always does uh you know i was i was there on work i was the morning show host for uh, a country radio station here in los angeles so i was covering it and I worked most of the weekend, which was great. It was a wonderful 
event to work, you know, to be able to say that you go to a country show and uh, you get to speak with very talented, incredible entertainers that are making people's days. And, you know, the general vibe was kind of euphoric. Everyone's just on vacation. You know, they're in Vegas and they're listening to country music. And if you've ever been to a country show, the general vibe at 99.9% of all country shows, and this being, you know, unfortunately, the the one point zero zero one percent at the end of the day uh, is people are in a good mood. You know, people are strangers are making friends and friends are, you know, uh, just enjoying each other's company. And, and that the overall energy there is just such a positive, like, man, life is really cool that we get to be in this moment in this space, this, this moment in time and be together and listen. You got people singing together and sharing and community and just, everything that country really encompasses was very present and route 91 at the time was a fairly new festival, but it was really, you know, growing fast and booking the biggest names in country music. And the weekend was from what I remember, uh, incredible. And Sunday night, which is when the shooting went down, uh, was the first time that like I had had a few drinks and I was off the clock. I wasn't working. I was actually just, relaxing and enjoying myself and um you know meeting people and shaking hands and you know one of the reasons that I, I do want to I do want to preface my appearance or coming on here and, and talking about it I, I've never told anyone this except for my pastor um someone reached out to me at the at the festival and wanted to meet me. Hey, I, I listened to the station. Um, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm state, I'm stage right. You know, come up, say hello. Like, you know, that was kind of the thing. Like everybody come, come hang out. And unfortunately, you know, they, they moved up to stage right. And, and that's where a lot of the gunshots originated over the stage into the pit where I was standing. And, uh, you know, some people unfortunately didn't make it out of that. And, and for a long time, I felt responsible for that. And, uh, so it, it's been hard to revisit, you know, so I just kind of locked it away. And, um, you know, I'm not responsible for that man's choices. And I'm not responsible for those deaths, but I felt like I contributed to hardship or families being hurt. And, um, you know, so that, that was that was hard for me too to deal with. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. 
That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I, I remember you saying that. Actually, I was I was wondering I wasn't going to bring it up, and I was wondering if, if if you were. And I'm I'm thankful that you did. In that, I think um, I remember you feeling that responsibility when we talked about you know you invited them up to the VIP area, and they were there, and and you know they didn't necessarily make it out, and I and I. Uh, um, you know, I can only imagine. I mean, your pastor is obviously the best person to talk to you about about that kind of stuff. And um, yeah. I, I remember trying to say to you at that point, like, dude, this is not it's not your fault. You can't, you know, but I, I also, you know, I also can't, you know, I, I can't even begin to think how you feel about that and, and hear about it. I mean, I remember that part of the story, too. And, and I mean, I, I hope, you know, I mean, that was there's nothing you could do about that. You were trying to bring more people into the the happiness of the moment and you were feeling that vibe and who, you know, God, I mean, no one had a clue what was going to happen next, you know, obviously. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I don't have the information, uh, you know, the, the, the names of the victims and the families and and everyone, uh, you know, that's out and that's public and, you know, whoever the, it was, it was a girl that reached out and said, Hey, you know, reached out on me on, on Instagram, I think, and, and said, Hey, we, you know, we're with a group or, and, you know, I, I wasn't privy to who they were. I was like, yeah, yeah, please come, you know, enjoy, like say what's up. And so that person did make it out because that person reached out. And then I think they, they started coming to my church, which was, was a cool thing. Um, but after everything happened, you know, I, I kind of went into a hole for a little bit 
it, it with with everything that had to do with the festival. I didn't talk about it. I didn't address it. I didn't think about it. I I started to live my life as if it did not happen. And so um, I'm not sure in that group. It was a group of 15 is what I remember. Uh, and so I'm not sure who passed or who was a part of that group. It, I just remember that was kind of what I struggled with the most of thinking that I contributed in some way, shape or form to something so negative and so hard and something that would change families forever and friendships forever. And um, so that was my, that was my biggest hurdle personally with it, not even seeing, you know, some of the things that, that felt like a movie, but just the responsibility moving forward of not feeling as if I contributed to tearing apart someone's family. Yeah. That's a lot to carry, a lot to deal with. I mean, it's almost like you went through, you know, a a war. Like you almost went, you know, it's almost like you came home from a war because you were dealing with loss of life. You were dealing, I mean, I can't even imagine hearing gunshots. And I mean, you know, I've never asked this question of you before, but when, when it first started happening, I mean, was it one of those things that you thought was, you know, firecrackers or fireworks or pyrotechnics? Yeah. I remember, and again, I was standing, I was standing stage right. And for anyone that's not familiar, that's is if you're on the stage and, uh, you know, Bob's obviously a very accomplished singer songwriter. So he understands this terminology. Um, it's, it's, if you're looking out to the crowd, it's to your right. So the Mandalay Bay was on the other side of the stage looking over the top of it. And so when everything was happening, the only thing I recollect was it was a popping sound. It didn't sound like gunfire at all. It, it sounded like uh, when someone is too close to the microphone and they're pronounced, they're over pronouncing their P's. It sounded like a popping sound. And I remember asking someone like, what is that? Man, the, the sound guy, like something's, something's wrong. They need to fix that. That sounds terrible. And then vividly, the one thing I do remember is it was like the music stopped, everything stopped. And I heard someone scream, they're shooting us. And then it was pandemonium. Then I, you know, then it's kind of like people are scrambling everywhere. I I jumped behind a pizza stand and like took cover. And then then kind of gets kind of the timeline gets a little blurry for me. I don't really know what happened in the next like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. I remember one thing you told me that night, Graham, or maybe it wasn't that night or a few days later. I remember you saying something like you saw the best of people in that moment and you saw the worst of some people in that moment. And I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but I, I remember you saying that to me vividly. And I remember thinking, God, you would hope that you would only see the best of people, you know, in a moment like that. And I remember you saying that you kind of saw some stuff and, you know, it was just mind blowing to you a little bit. Yeah, I, and we'll, I'll focus on the good. I mean, it was while I was still in the venue uh, um, because I was in the venue for several minutes, which which felt like a very long time. And uh, long enough, I think I spoke to my parents to call them to say goodbye. Um, and they, you know, they don't talk about it, but I think they have the voicemail and then they called me back and I think we spoke and they could hear everything that was going on. Uh, Cause at that moment in time, the gunfire was bouncing off of all the scaffolding. So if anyone's not familiar with route 91, it's, 
it's a festival that they build on a parking lot. So there was like a VIP second tier stadium seating type deal to the left of where I was standing. And then there was seating in the back. And so the gunfire was bouncing off of the ground in the scaffolding and it made it sound like there was multiple shooters on the ground. So nobody knew where to go because the sound, the gunshot sounds were coming from everywhere. And so, you know, I was, I was behind a pizza stand or a beer stand or whatever the counter was right to my left. I jumped over it. Um, and then the, the horrific part looking back on it now is, you know, everybody dropped because we thought they were walking around shooting at eye level. And, you know, we find out later that he was just the gentleman that is accused of, and I'm sure he's, he's guilty in some facet, uh, you know, who knows how many people were involved or what, what goes into that, but he was just picking people off that were laying on the ground, you know, and that's, that's tough. That's tough. But, you know, those, there was people dragging people everywhere and there was people helping and there was people, you know, stealing trucks and driving people to the hospital. Uh, a couple of guys and I, we ran through the media tent and there was a chain link fence. We, we thought the shooters were behind us. So we, we tore the fence out of the ground and unfortunately got trampled because, you know, thousands of people were trying to get out, but um, yeah, there was a lot of people doing a lot of wonderful things in that moment in, in, in time, from what I remember. Um, and again, you know, my timeline is really hazy. I went back into the venue at one point in time for some reason to find a friend. Uh, and then I, I got separated and, uh, you know, the, the SWAT ran up on me. I think I was on the phone with my pastor and put a machine gun to my head and was like, thought I was the shooter at one point in time. The helicopter light was on me. And, I was on the ground and they were talking to my pastor, I think on the phone or something, I, you know, I can't really remember, but you know, they got in there pretty quick. I mean, all of that went down in like seven minutes. So um, yeah, again, like it's, you know, I apologize if it's sporadic. I just, it's hard for me to piece together. I was in and out of the venue twice. And I do remember that going back to, to look for somebody um, which, you know, that's, probably the dumbest thing I could have done, but you know, it, it's hard to process what was going on at that moment in time. Yeah. How did you eventually get out the second time at least? I snuck out. Was it? Uh, yeah. The shooting I think was, was at that moment in time, I think it was over, but no one knew, you know, um, there were undercovers in the venue and, you know, you could hear people over walkie talkies. Um, it was really eerie, eerily quiet. Um, and again, like, uh, you know, my, my, my memory is betraying me. I can't remember if, if the shooting was actually over when I got out, but when we tore up the chain link fence that surrounded the venue on the backside of the media tent, um, I had blood all over me. I, I think it was from my hand, my hands were cut from, we were trying to tear this fence up um, and I was walking down like an empty back road by myself. And then that's when the cops came and the helicopter came and um, you know, they, they make you get on your knees as they should, you know, they, they don't know 
I was on the phone. They thought maybe I was holding the device. Who, you know, who knows? God knows what they they're they're thinking at at the, this moment in time. And um, you know, I, I will take a moment and, and to thank any of the responders. There was so many stories that that came out of this over the years of you know off duty police officers being there and doing everything they could to secure the area and you know it was pandemonium i mean there was 10,000 people in a very enclosed space just ripping everything apart trying to get out of there and so um you know when they when they came up on me i i, I understood i was just scared to death that they were going to shoot me out of fear and and they didn't you know which was nice but, um they sent me on my way and i kind of they barricaded the city so i had to walk about half a mile over what I think was a bridge or was like a major intersection. And then um, actually someone from my church who lived in Vegas uh, that had affiliation with the FBI picked me up, and took me to a hotel room and cleaned me up. I, you know, I was pretty messy and uh, my pastor and his wife and one of my buddies here uh, drove through the night, came and picked me up and drove me home that night. Those are good friends to have at a time like that. No yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't remember much about it. Um, and over the years, certain things have come up about that ride, but I, I don't even remember that ride happening. Um, I don't remember talking to my family that night. I, I don't remember talking to Bob. I looked at my phone a couple of days later and I guess I called a few people to say goodbye. And uh, one of which is the, the aforementioned ex that Bob had mentioned before. She and I had a falling out, and I think I tried to call her to, you know, try to mend that wall of just saying, hey, I don't think I'm getting out of here. And we spent years together, and at one point in time, we loved one another. So I hope I hope we can just be cool as this, this is it for me. I mean, it, it's a weird thing to describe. It's hard to describe when you – in your body, your mind, you think you're going to die. Like you, I, this is it. It's a wrap. So I don't remember, you know, it, it said the call was like 90 seconds. So I don't know if she picked up or maybe I just left a message. I have no idea. Um, but, you know. That's crazy. That's crazy how the body kind of, like you said, you know, you go through trauma and the body just sort of kicks in and, you know, sort of protects you or, or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know. I, and again, like, you know, I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky. I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me at all. Like I, uh, I live my life. I'm able to go to shows. Uh, I didn't lose anyone that I personally knew. Uh, I've got a wonderful family. Like, you know, there's so many people that, that went through this experience and, um, you know, it's, it's scary to think what they're dealing with still to this day and their lives will never be the same. So I, I just, you know, I, I don't mind sharing my story at all. I just want to make sure that it's kept in the right perspective of, you know, I, I totally understand that I was the lucky one there. You know, I, yeah. I was very blessed and very fortunate not to be dealing with what some of these families are dealing with. Yeah. I think like Kaylin said, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that this isn't easy for you. And I think it's, yeah. noble i think it really is i know you don't you won't even probably accept that compliment but i think it's pretty noble that you didn't come out of that thing given a you know a bunch of interviews and you know grandstanding on the moment oh yeah it, no yeah you're the opposite of that and, and that's pretty evident you know through this conversation right here just in the fact that 
you know, it took you five years to even talk to talk about it. And I think that, um, you know, <clears throat> that's, that's gotta be, it's gotta be cathartic. I, at least we hope this part of it will be cathartic for you and, and helping you get through it a little bit. But I think, um, it's probably one of those things that, you know, I don't think you ever get over it. You'd ever get through it. Right. Yeah. I, you know, um, I don't know how to process it. And, and, and again, you know, I, I, I've honestly, on some level always wanted to talk about it, but also been so fearful of the pushback and, and, and have seen, unfortunately people use devastation and hardship to their advantage in some personal agenda. So I've always been really terrified of that. And, and um, you know, by no means, do I ever want to come off disrespectful to anyone that, that, that was there and, and then it is still working through with some very hard times, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty evident, you know? Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Cause it's, um, you know, that would be my biggest fear in life would to be that small of character, you know, to yeah. use that and, and, you know, uh, I'm very proud of my family and I want my family to be proud of me. So I, I don't ever want to, I don't want to succeed in that way, you know? Right. Has there ever been any like uh, ongoing, you know, um, feelings and issues that come from that? I mean, obviously, you know, you used, I, I know you, you still do a bunch with like stagecoach and things like that. And you used to be a regular at all those events. Are you, were you reluctant to go back to that type of type of an event? I mean, I mean, at this point, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's almost like you got to sure. think about it every time you walk out the door to go to an event, right? Yeah, I think for me, uh, I'm a little bit more privy to exits, you know, even like if I go to a movie theater, uh, there, there's been a time where some things have happened in a movie theater that that really jarred me a little bit, someone screaming or doing something weird, and they think it's funny. And you know, I'm, I'm sure they don't mean any harm. Like the, in their mind, they think it's just like a silly prank. And uh, I forgot which I was watching the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson and someone started screaming in the movie theater and I just left. I just couldn't deal. Uh, you know, it wasn't for me. And so uh, with the gun violence that is going on, not only at shows and concerts and schools and, um, you know, it is. It's last. It's left a lasting impression or imprint on me. What what someone having some mental illness problems, and I'm not making light of that. But I would I would hope this gentleman that 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 made these choices and decisions was not of of sound mind when doing so, because that seems just incredibly evil uh, to me. But. You never know what someone's capable of. And, and now I feel like I'm very fully aware of what someone is capable of. So, yeah, I, I, so sorry to ramble. I, I think for me, the lasting impression is anywhere I go, I'm just really uh, exit strategies. I'm like, okay, well, if something were to happen, this is where I would go. Cause in that moment in Vegas, um, you know, like crawling, because I thought the gunfire was level, like crawling to a to a pizza stand or the beer counter, whatever that was, to the left of the stage. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know where to go after that. And I remember laying there thinking, I'm getting ready to die, you know. And so that, that was just, just like a, a very weird feeling. So now 
just giving yourself an option of, okay, this is how I'll handle it. If something goes down is something that I do probably everywhere I go. And you mentioned your pastor earlier and you communicate with him a lot. Was that kind of your main way of getting over the trauma? I feel like that is kind of the best way. Well, I think I was, you know, and my, if my dad, I, I'm, I'm sure my parents would listen to this, but if my dad were to ever hear this, like, and, and I think Bob can attest to this, my, my dad's my hero. And so I don't, I don't think my dad's afraid of anything. And I don't think he, I mean, I think he would support this, but I was so scared in that moment. I, I, I was so fearful of the concept of death. I had never really thought about my mortality but when you're laying there and like you're hearing the things that you're hearing, and then you're seeing some of the things that were, you know, people struggling with. Um, in my entire body, I just knew I was going to die. And so I, I called my pastor, I think, because I was so scared. And, and he's divulged a little bit of that combo. I can't remember a word of it. Uh, was like, hey, is this real? Is the afterlife real? Is God real? I'm, I'm getting ready to meet him. If he is like, am I going to be okay? You know, like I just didn't want the lights to go. I was so scared at that moment in time. And that that's not an easy thing to admit, but that's, that was my real emotion in that moment of there's nothing left for me here. Like this is it. And so that was like a, a very sobering thought that, you know, I hope I'm sure some people, you know, they unfortunately have to face that emotion at times. And then sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. But a very honest and real answer was, I was so scared that nothing, uh, that my lights were going out and that was it. I, you know, I was just looking for someone to comfort me in that moment in time. And he was the person that I had been listening to tell me these stories of love and like, there's more to this. And I just needed someone to tell me like, it wasn't going to be over, but I can't really remember the convo. Um, so I think I was just looking for reassurance. Well, you had the right guy on the line, you know, I mean, I know, uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, a great, he's a great guy, man. He's a great guy. And you guys have a great relationship and a great friendship. And so, you know, your commitment to your faith and, and, uh, you know, and I know to the, to your church and specifically to, you know, everybody that's, that's part of your church with you, I'm sure helped, uh, had to help. I mean, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was, uh, you know, that community definitely helped me. I, I feel blessed that I'm not traumatized more than I, I mean, this is, this is challenging, you know, uh, but probably, probably healthy for me on a personal level. Uh, I struggled with this because I, I felt like by sharing my story was a little bit self-serving. So I apologize if it comes off self-serving of like trying to get my two cents out. Um, but the community was there for me. And uh, I mean, the, the, you know, they drove through the night to pick me up and drive me back. I mean, you know, my campus pastor, big shout out to, to uh, Elijah Waters and the Waters family and Ryan Good. And, um, you know, they, uh, I think Elijah ended up coming back to the, apartment I was living in at the time. And I think he slept there for like three days, just didn't want me to be alone. Uh, even when I was like, ah, I'm, I'm okay, man. Like it, it's going to be all right. Uh, I think he was just, he was like, all right, well, I'm just going to be here, you know, for a couple of days. And so I was very lucky. And I think that contributed to, you know, I was in shock after everything. So I don't think I could process, but I think 
them being there and being so prevalent in my life prevented long-term trauma. Like I was able to get through it and, and not have as many issues as some might be struggling with. Yeah. I was going to ask if you, I mean, I, I figured you were probably in shock. I don't know how you couldn't be. I mean, with the stuff you saw and, you know, everything. Yeah. Else. I, you know, again, I, I, I can't remember a lot of things. Like it's so patchy what, what I can and cannot remember. And, and, and that's, that's an, an odd thing to say, but it's, you know, again, like calling the ex or, or messaging the ex, you know, it's been what we're, we're going on five years now. And she and I have never connected about it and talked about it. And so I, you know, uh, that's something I can't really remember. I just remember days or weeks later being like, Oh, these are the people that I tried to say goodbye to. And, yeah. and, and her being one of those people, you know, Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. 
Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. How about the country music community? I mean, uh, you know, did you ever have sort of like a little, you know, powwow with anybody from from that group? Yeah, they they do a great job. Uh, I have never taken part in it, and I have, um, you know, there's been a little bit of pushback on on me being at one point in time, you know, a figure of representation of the country music community here in Southern California. They they do. Uh, there's an organization called 58 Strong that that honors the families, and um, I have not taken part in the gatherings. Or uh, I think they reconvened at the site for photos and and fellowship. And I'll support all of that. I just, for me personally, didn't feel like it was my my journey or my path. I I didn't want to bring especially like right after it happened i didn't want to bring any attention to the shooter or give the story any life i wanted it to go away and that's i'm not saying that's right or wrong i wanted it to go away i wanted that person to be forgotten whatever his goal was by doing and choosing to do the things that he did i wanted them to not be achieved so my way of processing it was to act like it never happened. And that's, that's probably does a disservice to the families, but I just never wanted to like at one point in time, it bothered me that uh, the Boston bomber was on the cover of Rolling Stone, you know, like I couldn't stand that. Like I've never, I just, it made me sick to my core. So any kind of gathering or any posting or um, you know, with the emblems and stuff, I, I innately, I pushed back a little bit because I didn't want to give the shooter any kind of notoriety, good or bad. You know, it's like, to me, it was, it was giving attention to something that I felt that person wanted and I didn't want to give that person anything they wanted. And, and that's not right or wrong. And, and then hopefully, you know, there were some people that were upset with me for not taking part in some of those gatherings and not doing more, um, on Instagram or, you know, social media, I just, I was so angry about those choices that I didn't want that person to receive any, any attention at all. Like I I was, I was hoping the news would just stop covering, Mm -hmm. you know? Heck yeah. I get it. How do you get closure on something like this? I mean, do you ever really get closure or do you just, I'm time hopefully heals? Yeah. I mean, um, I personally feel like I have done as good as I'm able to do as far as closure goes in that regard. Uh, I do value and appreciate my family and my friends in a different way. And I'll be the first person to tell you, I love you. And um, I think just living my life in a way where at one point in time, I didn't think there was any more life left. uh, I think is, is about as close to closure as I'm going to get personally. Um, but I'm also acutely aware of 
how blessed I am and how lucky and fortunate I am because of everything that so many people leaving that festival will never get, no matter how hard they try, no matter how many hours of therapy and no matter how many prayers are sent for them, peace of heart and peace of soul and mind will never be completely given to them because of, you know, the choices of some maniac that, you know, uh, I, I just, I just feel like I'm about as close to closure as, as I'll ever achieve. You know, I, I think every once in a while I'll, I'll have some bad memories or uh, I'll have a bad dream that it, that it ended that night. And, you know, all of this is just some sort of simulation, but um, yeah, I think I'm as close as I'm going to get to, to being okay. And I'm, I, I, I'm honestly, you know, outside of this, just cause I've never done this before. I probably haven't articulated very well the things that you guys you know are curious about but for me um i just feel an overwhelming amount of i'm I'm just thankful that i'm here and that my mom doesn't have to go to bed every night wondering you know i I wonder what my son would have done with his life now i get to get up every day and try to show her what i'm going to do with my life there you go yeah that is that is a blessing for sure. I mean, you're right. It, it's tough, I think, at, at moments like these because you have, you know, I mean, you have waited so long to talk about it. And, and But I, I think you're doing a great job articulating it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the stuff that, I mean, the details of it, I think we all know most of those details, you know, that, yeah. you know, that some, I don't think they ever discovered why the guy, it wasn't like he left a letter and said, here's why I'm doing this or anything like that, which is horrible. I mean, the whole thing's horrible, but it's like, you know, obviously had mental health issues right and yeah they, i feel yeah. for the families like you said it's got to be hard for the families they yeah. they have no idea why this gentleman and, and supposedly i guess he set up camp at coachella like a couple of weeks before in chicago yeah. and, and then didn't do it and um so i you know if any prayers were ever given by me when i address it it's just for the families that they you know I, I can't imagine being able to ever sleep knowing some guy just woke up and decided oh you know laissez-faire i'm just gonna ruin all these families lives for the rest of their their time here on earth you know that that would haunt me and you know it haunts me to a certain degree but not nothing like what these families are probably dealing with yeah absolutely i was thinking i mean while you're speaking how articulate you are with everything and and I know you said your fear is to be self-serving, but you seem like the complete opposite of that and just so humble. And, mm. and so you just care so much for everyone who's been affected. Um, so different from, I mean, what other people could put out there when they've been in this experience. So I really appreciate you coming on here and, and just being so honest and open about it all. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for saying that. It, it is relieving. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, I really wanted Bob to be here is because Bob does know me and knows my heart and, and, and understands I would never use anyone's, you know, hardship or um, pain for any kind of personal gain. Um, I have never really talked about it in depth. And so I thought maybe, you know, selfishly, it might be good for me to, to share a little bit. And, um, and, and, it, and it is, I just, again, would be mortified. And, and I, I do want to publicly apologize to anyone that hears this and it, it feels triggered in any way or feels like uh, their experience has been trivialized by someone that survived, you know. Um, 
because there's so many people that did not. I think, I think that's uh, I think that's referred to as survivor's guilt. And I, I think it's pretty evident that, you know, you probably have a little bit of that too, which I don't know how you wouldn't going through a situation like you did, you know, but yeah, like Kaylin said, I mean, I, I know you, I know you personally, and I love you and adore you like a brother. And I can say that uh, I don't think, I don't think you have any worry of anyone thinking this interview <clears throat> in any way was, uh, you know, manipulated for you to feel so, I mean, yeah. you couldn't take a more humble route through this thing than you have. And, and, it, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to say I'm proud of someone for, you know, yeah. the way they've handled something like this, but if the words existed and I'm sure they do, I'm just not smart enough to know them. I would say those about yeah. you. I mean, I think yeah, so. I, I'm Maybe. not smart enough to comprehend them. So you're neither, <laughs> but yeah. I, you know, I would love to end it smiling and like, you know, life is good and it, it's a blessing that, um, you know, we get to, to share and you guys, you know, help me through some things that I've, I've never talked about and, and, and that's good. And, uh, so I, I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the support and, and just the care to, to take your time and, and want to hear, you know, my story just as, as the human experience and, and what Graham went through and, and how he's processing. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Graham. It was so great to meet you. So great to hear from you. And thank you again. Oh, you're very welcome. Bob, I don't know what you mean. She seems super nice. I don't know. What's your point? Yeah. Like, I'm so confused here. Like, I know, know, I know. I shouldn't have told you all those bad things about it. I know, man. All right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, right. we'll reconvene. You can kind of, you can kind of fill me in on the backstory with all the, the story I got. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right. We love, love you, buddy. We love right, you, man. Thank, thank you guys. Have a wonderful day. Thanks you for coming too. out. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to follow us on Instagram at True Crime Reality. Until next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 